Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Um, so if we can have the uh, just the first scripture up, Ephesians 3, 5 to 7. I'm going to use a lot of scripture here. Gideon takes a lot of license with scripture, so I'm going to do the same. <laughs> Uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna throw it all down. I love and loving the passion translation at the moment. So, um, so why don't you just follow along with me here? Ephesians three five to seven. There has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of his glorious and divine mystery until now. He kept it a secret until this generation. God is revealing. It only now to his sacred apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. Here's the secret. The gospel of grace has made you and me, non-Jewish believers, into co-heirs of his promise through your union with him. And you have now become members of his body. You've become one with the anointed one. I really feel like God wants to establish us in the truth of his grace so that we can experience every day the undiluted, unmeasurable love of God. Uh, the grace message is declared directly, directly by Christ to us. It is a story of our death to a sin-conscious life, and then being awakened to a whole new world that He has prepared in advance. It's what He did for us fully and finally at the cross, where He completely paid for every outstanding debt now and forever, and he completely destroyed it. It's God's story, and the only way he receives glory is by each of us choosing to walk in what he provided for us. I tell you, the new wine has to be stored in new wine skins. And so the undiluted, unmeasurable love of God can only be contained by a revelation of the grace of God. And I, let me tell you, I've learned that the hard way. Ephesians, can we have up Ephesians 1, 4 to 6, please? And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love, he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Do you know that the Father has a plan for you? Do you know that he is waiting for you? Waiting for you is the everlasting embrace of a father whose heart is just longing to share in his nearness with you. Um, for me, I spent a long time running away from God. My background is a lot like other people. It was quite dysfunctional. 
Uh, my mum, Janelle says, yes, it's true. Uh, my mum, uh, you know, for when I was a little baby, I was born in Australia. My, um, my dad was a Kiwi and my mum was an Aussie. Uh, so um, my mum actually had a brain hemorrhage when I was, uh, the dates get a little bit confusing, but when I was young, maybe before I was born, uh, she was, her family was very dysfunctional. Her dad had been a gambler. She would often come home and like all the furniture had been repossessed and she would have nowhere to go. And, and um, she ended up being an alcoholic. She got married and divorced, was in a bad relationship. And um, it, it just, it wasn't a great scenario. And my, when my dad came along, he uh, didn't realise mum was an alcoholic. She just hit it well, maybe. I don't know. But it wasn't until after they got married he actually realised the extent of it. Anyway, she was at work one day and one, she had a uh, brain hemorrhage, collapsed and went into a coma for 10 days. And um, she relates a story later, um, but she actually had a near-death experience and went to heaven. And in, while she was in heaven, uh, she saw, it was like this, these angels were holding her up. And as she was being held up, she felt this great love just pouring into her. And she didn't really, she wanted to go towards that love. But anyway, she, she says, like, in this encounter, this man came up behind her and says, like, who am I? And, said, and then began to ask her some questions, who, who are my disciples? And he said, if you'd have called to me, I would have come to help you. And then he said, your time is not yet. I've got things for you to do. I'm going to send you back and these things are going to happen. And said a few things that have come to pass. And uh, yeah, so from kind of, from there, mum, you know, like became a Christian. She just let go of alcoholism and she became quite, you know, like just fervent Christian. Like just, and so I grew up in that environment. Uh, mum never really recovered fully. She always, she couldn't really uh, rationalise things very well. And, you know, like I felt like I was always compensating. But I do remember, like, I'm, I talked to my stepbrothers and sisters, and this is where I'm going to start getting a bit vulnerable and just let you into my world. Uh, after, after I was born, my mum must have become a Christian because I, my family told me that um, uh, they would come home and they would find me screaming in my cot and my mum had passed out in the bedroom drunk. And and just realizing that, uh, I guess in those moments, I decided that I had to look after myself. No one is able to look after me. I have to do it. So I'd always been a very independent child. I had to learn how to do a lot of things myself. The seeds of rejection had been sown. I'd put up and I began to put up these walls to protect myself. Um, my the the timeline gets a bit fuzzy for me because I, I like I you know I was so little but you know my family eventually ended up going to church and uh, you know mum got her life on track and she would you know be a good Christian but um, I just remember at a very early age I decided God was real but definitely uncool uh, so I never really let anyone else know that about me. Um, I guess as a kid, like, having those experiences, like, I long for that acceptance. 
Uh, I loved playing rugby. And one of my earliest memories was to tell my mates that I couldn't play on some Sunday rip rugby, you know, because I had to go to church. And that was just super embarrassing for me, you know, like this kid who was suffering from rejection just wanted to fit in, you know, and this church thing was just making it worse. Uh, and, you know, like as, as I grew up and I just really want to keep this short, but as, as I grew up and as I went to high school, you know, things kept following the same course. I would just go along with the crowd. On the inside, I knew God was real. But in the moments of, in moments of stress, I would pray and ask God to help me, like before every rugby game, because <laughs> I was little. But I didn't, I didn't want the stigma of being a Christian. I wanted to go out and have fun and party. I, I really wanted to drown out the cry of that little boy on the inside. because he just wanted to be known and loved. By the time I was 22, <clears throat> my life had become a bit of a mess. I'd uh, broken up with a girlfriend. My drinking was getting out of control. My internal pain was not getting better. It had begun to seep out of the lockbox that I'd been keeping it in. And I didn't really know what to do about it. And that's the point where I really started to search for answers. Uh, I remember <clears throat> I was working out of town and I was driving long stints down to Dunedin and back. And um, like I was so hungry for God, I was just seeking for answers. I just tuned into Radio Rima. <laughs> and nobody listens to Radio Rima. <laughs> no, non Christians do. No, sorry. Um, but I was hungry for God and I really wanted to find out if he was real. And I started asking the real questions. And uh, I, after a while, I ended up back in Christchurch for the last stint of my apprenticeship. And I was working with, I ended up being put in the heat pump team. And I ended up working with this full-on extroverted Christian guy. And like, uh, you know, extroverts are interesting. They don't have a great filter. Uh, and they do say a lot of stuff. And what I... What I learned was, like, he was quite a mess. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he told me all about his life. But anyway, but, but like, I sec secretly, I loved it. Secretly, I loved it. And he would talk about Jesus all day. Uh, and, you know, like, I didn't really care. It was just like fresh water being poured over my heart, and it had begun to soften. And uh, I knew there was really only one outcome for me, and uh, God was pursuing me. This went on for about three months. My drinking and decision-making had gotten worse. I think it would get better, but it got worse. And it all came to a head one day after work. And I pulled up out front of my flat to drop me off. And he just asked me a question. He said, Andrew, so like, where are you at with God? And I didn't really know. And as I began to speak, I began to cry as the van started to fill up with this, like, cloud of love. And I could just sense his love beginning to change my heart. And in the moment when the presence of God comes, I just break down and cry. I was also super aware that any moment my flatmates might come home and see me 
So I was, I, was, I was ready to accept God's love and forgiveness, but not ready to change my lifestyle. So things got worse again. The good thing is uh, I eventually moved back home and went to my parents, trying to clean up my lifestyle. I started getting fit, playing rugby, and um, stopped drinking. But I couldn't really help myself. The trouble with playing rugby was that two nights a week, it was mandatory going to the pub afterwards. Uh, God never gave up. And I remember this like it happened yesterday. I'd had a big night out the night before after promising never to drink again, and I was feeling very average. Uh, then all of a sudden, I heard this. I was sitting at the end of my bed, and I heard this inward audible voice. And it said, uh, Andrew, like, what are you doing? This is not a way to live. Like, this is a way to die. And the Holy Spirit was talking to me about Romans 6.23. Can we have that up? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And let me tell you from experience, it is the business of sin to bring about death. But thanks to our Heavenly Father, it is the business of Jesus to bring about life. And not just a little, but so much life that it never ends. Spilling out over into eternal life. God wanted me to have life, but here I was choosing death. I thought I could in my own strength clean up my life, but that hurt little boy on the inside was saying, you can only trust yourself. And I had to take a risk and let him into my heart. So in that moment, I stopped. I stopped running away. He was so patient, waiting for me to choose. So I sat there at the end of my bed and I gave my whole life into God's care. And as I did, God's love gouged through me like a volcano erupting. And the walls that I'd spent so long building around my heart to keep me safe came down. And a father and son had been reunited. <clears throat> Romans 5, 6 to 11, the Passion Translation. For when the time was right, when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Now who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. There is still so much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. So if while we're still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will be rescued from sin's dominion? And even more than that, we overflow with the triumphant joy and a new relationship of living in harmony 
with God. All because of Jesus Christ. It's good news. Gotta love that scripture. Yeah, the Greek the Greek verb here uh, in verse ten is actually uh, translated as exchanged. Uh, so that is, he exchanged our sins for his righteousness, and thus he reconciled us to God. By the death of Christ on the cross, God is now free. He is free to exchange sin and death for freedom and love. Jesus took upon himself the sin in its entirety, and he completely destroyed it by taking it to the grave and leaving it there. He was was immersed or baptized into our weakness. He was baptized into me. He was baptized into the weakness of Adam so that we could be baptized into his life and his love. God had been waiting my whole life to exchange his life for mine, but he wouldn't violate my right to choose. He completed the job 100% so that at no point would it ever fall onto my effort. All I had to do was receive it. Would the band come up? So maybe that's you. Perhaps you're like me. And you know the Father's been pursuing you. Maybe you know what it's like to experience God's love. But maybe you've walked away from it and sought other things so that you can hide away from God. But let me tell you, he's patient. I can hear him calling out for his sons and his daughters. So if that's you, I, I remember going to church as an unsaved person. And every time I would go, I'd sit in the, in the seat and it was like the burning eyes of God were lighting me up every time. Just every word, it seemed like it was just aimed directly at my heart. And I wish I'd just stopped running earlier and just allowed God to have his way. But I want to give you guys an opportunity. If that's you and you want to stop running and you would like to allow God to have his way with your life, I'd, I'd like you to stand. Because he wants to meet with you. I know there's someone here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the death of your son. That brought us so much freedom and liberty. And God, we just thank you so much that here in this house, we have the freedom to proclaim the undiluted grace of God so that we can be filled up to the fullness with the undiluted love of a father. And so like, I I really feel like the Holy Spirit just wants to administer the love of God tonight.
uh, he's excited and he's been waiting for you just to say yes to him. So should we let the Father have his way tonight? We should.